All right, was chapter two, and I forgot my mic. Last week we looked at chapter 1, talking about a wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. A lot of wisdom in Proverbs, but if we're going to attain it, we have to heed it. So in chapter 2, I've titled this, Setting Your Course, Setting Your Course. Um, turn this on. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge, lifteth up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment, preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, Deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh froward things, who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice to do evil and delight in the frowardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and they froward in their paths, to deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words, which forsaketh the God of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God. For her house inclineth unto death, her paths unto the dead." None that go unto her return again, neither take they hold of the paths of life. That thou mayest walk in the way of good men, and keep the paths of the righteous. For the upright shall dwell in the land, the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. So titled this, Setting Your Course. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity we have the precious word. I pray, Father, we look into the word of God tonight, that we Again, allow the Spirit of God to teach us, instruct us, and challenge us, and warn us at setting a right course for our life and making right choices. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There's uh, <clears throat> three ifs in this chapter and two thens, and then there's a dual deliverance. So that's what we'll look at tonight, the three ifs. Are, you know, it's a little word, but it has a big, it, it's, it has big implications. Verse 1, my son, if thou wilt hide thy, wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. Verse 3, yea, if thou cry after knowledge, lift up thy voice for understanding. If thou seekest her as search, silver and search for her as hid treasures. You know, the word if really demonstrates to us the power of choice, the power of choice, that we have the power to choose, really, our course. Um, I think it was past Webb said, one of the most dangerous things we have is a free will. 
probably the most dangerous thing we have is a free will. Uh, we can choose our own course. And the reason we have a true, uh, free will is we're made in the image of God. God doesn't want puppets that just, you know, he pulls the string here and you have to do this and you have to do that, you know. And you, no. It, uh, service out of bondage really isn't service. It's slavery. It's enslavement. Um, but service out of a heart of love is true uh, service out of gratitude. And so we have that free will. We have the power of choice. And the opportunity is available to us, but we must seek it. In verses 1 through 4, again, he, he lists several things there. And really they all sum up to one main thing, but he, he describes them in different words. My son, if thou wilt receive my words, and you could say, if you hide my commandments with thee, uh, if you incline thine ear unto wisdom, and, and if you apply thine heart to understanding, if thou criest after knowledge and lift up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for his treasure. So there's, so there's, I have, there's uh, uh, five things I want to notice there. First of all, he said, if you receive. The word receive means if you would lay hold of it. If you would seize it, if you will. You would hang on to it. It kind of reminds me, you know, the seizing of it reminds me, remember the, 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 one of the mighty men of David that his hand claved to the sword. I mean, it was like it was, it, he could, it, it would not come loose from that sword. Uh, I used to laugh at my father-in-law, you know, he'd be driving, using a hammer all day long, and after a while I'd see him over there kind of moaning, and he'd be prying his fingers off of it because his fingers cramped up, you know, and he couldn't get them off the hammer until it happened to me one day, and I quit making fun of him. But, uh, you know, it's kind of, so you, you lay hold of it or you seize it. He says to hide it, and they, he, that means to treasure or to store up, like you would you store something up, you would save it, uh, you would keep it. Uh, Incline, he said, incline thine ear unto wisdom, apply thine heart to knowledge. You, to incline means to pay attention or mark well. I remember when I was in seventh grade math class, I had this teacher, Mrs. Hyman. I kind of liked her, but most kids hated her because they said she was just mean. But she, she was a she was a Hard, she was a hard teacher by many uh, standards, but you learned a lot in her class. She was a math teacher. Uh, but she expected you to pay attention. Now, there was one kid in the class who I knew very well. I went to grade school with him as well. His name was Kenny, Kenny Davis. And he was always raising hand as a, I don't understand or I don't know how to do this. But the problem was, Kenny didn't pay attention in class. His mind would wonder. Would wonder. I mean, she's, she's at the board, you know, teaching some math one day, and she turned around, and, 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 and Kenny had his hand up. And she said, yes, Kenny. When's the first day of fishing season? Well... He got sent out in the hall. Uh, that didn't go over. In other words, his mind was not on the problem she was explaining on the wall, and that's why he kept saying, I don't know how to do this. Because he didn't incline his ear to hear. 
I mean, he heard the words. They went in on one ear and out the other. But notice what it says here. Incline thine ear in the wisdom, verse 2, and apply thine heart to understanding. Apply thine heart means to stretch out, to extend, to bend. So you're kind of bending to hear. You're really paying close attention. You know, Paul wrote to Timothy and said, My Senate, attend to my words. Attend to my words. He also uses the word criest. If thou criest after knowledge and th- lifteth up thy voice for understanding. The word cry means to call out, uh, to recite or to read. or it's a, it, Really the idea is a, of a cry for help or for aid. Seeking help or aid. With, again, you know, with, with your heart. You know, these things take time and effort. We have to put some effort into it. You know, the reason Kenny never understood was because he didn't put any effort in understanding. He just let his mind wander in whatever he wanted to do. He was thinking about fishing, you know, a month or two down the road. He wasn't thinking about the math problem on the board. You know, wisdom in walking with the Lord will not be had with a nominal or half-hard relationship with God. It takes time. It takes effort. A phrase that Jesus used over and over again was, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Let him hear. And again there, he's, he's not saying just hear it with your ear, but as the proverb says here, apply thine heart to understanding. Uh, apply thine heart. Interesting, the, word, the book of Proverbs uses the phrase, my son, 23 times in the book. You know, verse, chapter 1, verse 8, My son, hear the instruction of thy father. Verse 10, My son of sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Verse 15, uh, My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Uh, chapter 2, verse 1, My son, if thou wilt receive my words. Chapter 3, verse 1, My son, forget not my law. Chapter 4, verse 10 says this, Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of life shall be many. Son, you need to listen, you need to hear it, you need to hear it with your heart, not just with your head. Incline yourself to it. Notice it says, if thou wilt. If thou wilt incline yourself to it. If you will seek it as you would seeking for hid treasure. It's then the thens come through. Come to pass. So you see the three ifs. If we will incline ourselves, then there's the, and then the fruit of that will be the, the two thens, in verses 5 and verse 9. Then shalt thou understand, and he uses that phrase two times. He's talking about basically this, the, you know, similar things. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So we, if we will receive, we will lay hold of God's truths and hide them in our hearts, store them up, treasure them, Pay close attention to them. Mark them well. You know, if you, mark, if you mark your path well, you won't get lost. We need to mark God's word well. In our heart. Make note of it. Make note of it. That may mean you need to write it out. How it speaks to your heart. Meditate on its promises and its commandments. 
for life. He says, then thou shalt understand. Then you will begin to understand God, who is the source of all wisdom. Again, verse, verses 5 through 8. For then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth, cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walketh uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. So then you'll begin to understand God, who is the source of all wisdom. Uh, you know, wisdom doesn't come by socializing with your friends. I guess unless they're godly. You can gain wisdom from them if they're godly. Uh, but David here instructing Solomon says, you need, to, you need to incline your ear unto the commandments of God to get wisdom because God is the source of all wisdom. Jesus said in John eight twelve, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of of life. Speaking there again about knowledge and wisdom. James chapter 1 and verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. So wisdom comes from God. You know, Moses was educated in Egypt, but he got his wisdom in the desert. He got his wisdom in the desert. See, Egypt, Egypt gave, him an edu- gave him an education, but God gave him wisdom in the desert. The in- you know, it's interesting that after the Apostle Paul got saved, he went into Arabia for three years. And it really, the Bible doesn't say what he did in Arabia for three years, but he didn't. There's no talk of ministry or anything like that, but, but he seems to indicate that during that three years' time, the Lord trained him himself. The Lord gave him the revelations that revealed to him that he penned down for us then in his epistles. But he spent three years in Arabia, and then after those three years, he went up to Jerusalem to see Peter. He didn't see Peter first. He went into Arabia. Of course, you know, he was an apostle, he, so he was... Chosen directly by the Lord. The Lord spoke audibly to him. But it's believed that he went into Arabia where the Lord gave him the revelations that he gave to us through the Spirit of God. And that's why he said in Galatians chapter 1, I'm not the apostle of men, but of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Again, our wisdom, wisdom comes from, wisdom's source is God. You know, we can gain wisdom from other people, but the ultimate source of our wisdom is from God. Is God. So you begin to understand God, who is the source of all wisdom. You also have wisdom to live and direct your life. Uh, it'll become pleasant to you. That word pleasant, verse 10 there, it says, When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. It means sweet or delightful. Uh, But I want you to notice in verse 9, it says, Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. So this this is talking about uh, having wisdom to live and to direct your life. 
And, and wisdom will give you righteous. You'll understand what, is, what righteousness is. And the word righteousness here refers to just what is right. You will know what is right. It will be black and white. We hear a lot of people today talking about, no, the grayers. The grayers. You know, here's a cultural gray area. I said cultural gray area. A man and woman lived together for 20 years. They never got married. But they lived together for 20 years. People will say, is there anything wrong with that? Had somebody say that just a couple of weeks ago. guess there's not anything wrong with that. You know, they call it common law marriage. I mean, everybody knows she is his partner and he is hers. And they, they've lived together for 20 years. You know, uh, they just never got married. So, I guess it's okay. No, the Bible still calls it adultery. It's not a gray area. Well, see, to many people it's becoming a gray area because it's becoming commonplace and acceptable in our society. You know, I've heard preachers say, you know, the dress issues, that's a dead issue. Music is a dead issue. Why is it a dead issue? You know, pretty soon the subject of holiness and separation becomes a completely dead issue too. Or, well, well, we don't discuss it because it's divisive. Well, 2 Timothy 2, 24 and 25 says, The Lord, servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle on all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God will peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. God's commandments are not up for debate. They're not up for debate. You know, Timothy there, Paul wrote Timothy there, and he's telling them that if God peradventure will give them a repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. If somebody is not willing to acknowledge the truth, they're unrepentant. That's what he's saying. You know, again, God's word isn't up to bait. If, if we have a repentant heart, we'll acknowledge what God said is true. Because God is always right. See, God gives us, when we seek His wisdom and receive it and hide it and incline ourselves to it, He gives us an understanding of what righteousness is. Of what, what is right and what is not right. Uh, he also gives us judgment. Verse, verse 9 says, Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment. Judgment means, means to pass, it really means to pass sentence on, based on evidence. It's kind of like a, a judge would pass a sentence on, 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 a, on a criminal, uh, based on the evidence or circumstances. In other words, being able to make wise choices in, in every circumstance. You know, Solomon was able to make some wise decisions. We looked at that last week. Early on in his, uh, in his uh, uh, reign, and, and, you know, he, he knew how to pass judgment. Uh, you know, his, his servants, when the Queen of Sheba came and, and saw his servants, and he said, she said, happy are thy servants. 
you know, typically we don't think of servants or slaves being happy. But his were. Why? He knew how to judge, make wise choices. He also says, then shalt thou understand righteousness, judgment, and equity. Equity means agreement or things that are equal. Solomon, Solomon used equity. I want you to think about this. Solomon used equity to figure out who the mum was. Remember the two women that came to him, the harlots that came to him, and, and, and uh, one had uh, boiled their son and ate him, and, and the other one then, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, she didn't, that's a different story. No, she overlaid him and laid on him and, and killed him. And so uh, she, while the other mom was sleeping, she got up and took the living child and made it her, so it was an argument. So to make things equal, Solomon said, let's just divide the living one. Let's just divide it. It's going to be equal, right? Of course, then he was able to pass judgment on to who the mother really was. Uh, and then fourthly, we see here, understand every good path. I, that speaks of a course of action. A course of action. Again, if we, will, if we will seek the will of God, if we will incline our ear, our hearts, unto him... He will direct our paths. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desire of thine heart. Uh, Psalm 37, verse 4 says, You know, Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way. Now, the word way means really has the idea of a, of a path, of a course. I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You know, Psalm 23, 3 says, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. So my course is in ways of righteousness. And that's where the Lord leads. Genesis 24, 48. Uh, uh, Abraham's servant, Eliezer, had gone to the land of uh, Abraham's birth to get him a, a wife or a bride for Isaac. And so he's uh, at the well, and it says in Genesis twenty four forty eight, I bowed down my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord God of my master Abraham, which had led me in the right way to take my master's brother's daughter unto his son. So he, 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 was, he said, I'm in the right way. The Lord led me here to the right way. You see, when you're, when you're inclining your heart to God in obedience to him, he'll lead you in the right way. There's an interesting, you know, I love this story of Ruth. In Ruth chapter 2, Ruth chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Of course, you remember Ruth was a Moabite, and they were outcasts of Israel. Moab was one of those nations that fought with Israel. And, of course, they're the nation that Balaam used to curse Israel, so they were, they were the outcasts of Israel. But Ruth come to trust in the Lord God of Israel. And so she comes back to the land with Naomi. And it says this. So she's widowed. Uh, and so in dire straits. And in verses 2 and 3 it says, And Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. So he said, I'm going to go out into a field, and hopefully somebody will be gracious to me and allow me to glean in their field. That's what she's going to do. Verse 3 says, And she went, 
and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her, this, her hap was to light on part of a field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. So her hap, the, the definition of the word hap is an accidental happening. So just by accident, she happened to happen upon Boaz's field. No. No, that's not, that's not how it happens with the child of God. See, the reason it happened was chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is going back under her people and under her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. This is, this is Naomi speaking to her. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return for following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and whither thou lo- uh, and I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. You see, she made her choice to incline her heart unto God, and God directed her into the field of Boaz, who became her kinsman redeemer. God put her in the right path, you see. God put her in the right path. Uh, we see another example of this in, in 1 Samuel chapter 6. You know, this, this, this uh, accidental happening... 1 Samuel chapter 6, verse 9, you remember the, the Philistines had defeated the children of Israel. Uh, this was during the days of Eli and his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, and they were killed. And, and of course, uh, as a result, of, they, took, and they had taken the ark of God as a, they took it as a, a good luck charm into battle with them, something they weren't supposed to do, but you know, they figured it's a good luck charm, and they'll take the ark of God, and that'll give them victory, you know, and, and so on and so forth. They were wicked men. Anyway, the ark of God, they are defeated. The ark of God is taken captive. The Philistines take it in their land, and it, it brings a curse upon the Philistines, and so they decide to send it back. And, and then in verse uh, uh, 9, it says this, of 1 Samuel 6, and see if it go by the way of his own coast to Beth Shemesh, then he hath done us this great evil. But if not, then we shall know that it is not his hand that smote us, it was a chance that happened to us. No, so they were saying, you know, if if by if it's just chance, you know, it will not go. But if it's if it's of the Lord, it's gonna go right back to the land of Israel, which it did. Ephesians 1.11 says that God worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Nebuchadnezzar was reminded of that in Daniel chapter 4 and verse uh, 35. When the Bible says, And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest that. You see, somebody has said, for the child of God, there's no accidents. God directs in the affairs of, man, of, his, of his own. So if you don't like where you are, maybe you're out of the will of God, or maybe you're resisting the will of God. You see, we understand that God will direct every good path. He gives discretion Verse 11, discretion shall preserve thee. 
understanding shall keep thee. Discretion has the idea of thoughtful intent or right thinking. You know, Daniel was taken captive bodily, but he still controlled his mind. We know that Daniel 1.8 says that he purposed in his heart, his intent, he had discretion to purpose in his heart to intend to do what was right no matter where they took him or what they did to him. And it says if we seek the, 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 the wisdom of God, it will, it, will, it will give us discretion that will preserve us. And understanding speaks of intelligence or skill. Again, right thinking produces right actions that will guide and protect us in every circumstance and situation. And so, the three ifs, the two thens, and then I want you to notice the dual deliverance. Notice verse 12. It says, these are given to us, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things. And then verse 16, to deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words. You know, you will either be led astray by a wicked man or a wicked woman. They're the only people in the world. They're the only, how do I say this? They're the only things in the world that teach. You know, we don't get, we don't get instruction from, I mean, you can learn things from animals, but, you know, they aren't going to talk to you, although some people think they do. Uh, they, they aren't going to give you practical instruction or to reason out things or interpret dark sayings as we looked at last week. No, you will either be led astray by a wicked man or a wicked woman. And if we will incline our hearts unto the Lord, it will deliver us from the wicked, the evil man. Of course, the evil man refers to a bad, corrupt, or wicked person. And his description of him is he's froward. Notice verse 12 again. Deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh froward things. That word froward means perverse, or deceit, or fraudulent. A froward person is one who goes against what is right. Look at verses 13 through 15. Who leave the paths of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice to do evil and delight in the frowardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked, and they froward in their paths. So instead of going on right paths, they go the opposite direction. Sort of like I told you the story about the, 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 you know, the, the motel on the, or the hotel on the beach, Brother Hoyle mentioned this in Sunday school, that you know, was having trouble with people fishing off the pier, so they put up a sign. And then everybody fished off the pier, and the way they got it stopped was take the sign down. See, people just want to rebel against, they don't want to be told what to do, so they do the opposite. It's like reverse psychology. Yeah, that's, that's, that's human nature. A lot of people just don't want to obey the authority, so they just do the opposite. Just to show who's boss. And that's what forwardness is. In other words, you know, I read from Timothy where it says they will, you know, an unrepentant person will not acknowledge the truth. And this is a person who will not acknowledge the truth, but persists in their own way. So like Balaam, God told Balaam, don't go. And so Balak sends another envoy with more money. And what's he supposed to tell him? can't get with you. 
I don't care if you offer me your whole kingdom. I can't go with you. And that's what I should have told him. But no, he can uh, Lord, uh, can I go with him? That's basically what he's asking. Can I go with him? Here's a good opportunity to make a lot of money. You know, he could have said, you know, I, I really could use this money for the Lord. <laughs> that's what Saul said. You know, all these sacrifices, the sheep and the oxen, are to offer to the sacrifices to the Lord. God said you're supposed to kill them. See, a froward person persists in his own way. They know God. You know, the, the men of Balaam, or the, the, the men of Sodom, persisted in their own way. That's an extreme example, but they did. They knew God. You know, a froward person knows God, but glorifies Him not. Will not acknowledge His truth, or obey His truth. He rebels against the truth. And so... Uh, he leads, he leads in paths, he leaves the paths of uprightness, and he delights in froward or wicked and crooked paths. But there's also the evil woman, verse 16, says, Deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger with flattereth with her words. Now, uh, the word strange or stranger here means alienated or odd, out of one's natural environment. An adulterer. I thought about that, out of one's natural environment. Notice verse 17. Which forsaketh the guide of her youth, and forgetteth the covenant of her God. So here's a woman who leaves what God made her for. She goes out of her natural environment to become a stranger, uh, living from place to place in harlotry. And her method is, her, 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 her wickedness is, she flatters. Verse 16, to deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words. The word flattereth means to be smooth, or by implication, as smooth stones were used for lots, to apportion or separate. So the, the idea of, is of separating or of dividing. To take away a portion. So she's, she's causing, she's flattering, she's making, making it really sound really good you know, and pleasing, but it's, it's to separate or to divide. Uh. And that's what sin does. It separates us from God. Separates in relationships. It makes promises of pleasure, but the reality is, in verses 18 and 19, for her house inclineth unto death her, and her paths unto the dead. Again, leaving the paths of, of uprightness, and again, leading into paths of the dead. None that go unto her return again, neither take they hold of the paths of life, that thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. So, so it's, you know, we know from, the, from Hebrews that there's pleasure in sin for a season, but it's just for a season. It always looks good. It always sounds good. But it causes division. It takes away a portion uh, and brings uh, uh, separation. 
And, uh, and, so, and then we see the, the promised end contrasted in verses 20 through 22. He says, That thou mayest walk in the way of good men, keep the paths of the righteous. For the upright shall dwell in the land, the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. What you give attention to, what you incline yourself to, will set you on a course, a path of life. You know, Solomon is being instructed here and giving instruction to his son that what you incline yourself to, son, is going to set you on a course. And there are two paths or two courses here. And again, it comes back to the if. I have to choose the right course. I have to choose the right course. The wicked will be destroyed and expelled. If you notice the word there, uh, cut off means destroyed, and rooted out means expelled. Cast out in the darkness, whether it be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But the upright... Verse 20, 21. The well mayest walk in the way of good men, keep the paths of the righteous, for the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it. You know, if we will incline ourselves unto wisdom, unto hiding and keeping the commandments of God, it will set us on a right path, a right course that will lead to an expected end, an end of the blessing and fullness of God. But again, it goes back to if. If. That little word if. And my choices. Joshua told the children of Israel, Choose ye this day whom you will serve whether the gods of the Amorites on the other side of the flood or the God in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You see, we have to choose. We all have to make choices. We have to choose either to serve the Lord and incline ourselves unto him to acknowledge his truth, to accept it, to seek after it, to store it up in our hearts and to apply it in everyday life. And if we, will, if we will seek it, then we will understand His will and His ways for our life. Might God help us to set a right course. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time of your word tonight. Thank you for the challenge it gives to us. I pray, Father, that you'd help us just to be faithful. Uh, we live in a day of falling away, but Father, help us to set a right course to incline our hearts unto your truths, to your wisdom, your will, that we might uh, walk in it and know the blessing and favor of our Heavenly Father. We thank you again for your love for us. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen.